Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I forgot to make a funny intro. He's here, it's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the Star Wars animated series, Star Wars Rebels. Our guest today, this is a really fun one. You might know her from Mean Girls Minute. Her and I guessed on guested on the Impossible Minute. It was super fun. It's been a long time coming to have her on. It's Liz Whitaker. What up? Hello. How is it going? Uh, well, apparently I yelled that too loudly and my dog just got up. So when you hear little <laughs> tip taps in the background. He's like, pass. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. That's the least of the background noises we usually have on this podcast. So it is fine. Sweet. Are you all ready to get into this episode? So ready. Oh my gosh, I guess. Let's go Ready for it. to do a job on the Wincathu job? Wincathu. Okay, you said it first. So glad. That is probably <laughs> wrong, but that is what we are saying from this point on. Yep. Wincathu. Wincathu. There it is. Let's mix up a quick space refresher and recap what happened in episode eight of season three, the Win Kathy job. So the rebels form an uneasy alliance with Hondo and as Morgan, uh, and they hope to find valuable imperial cargo. In return, Hondo promises them a shipment of proton bombs. However, the cargo ship is dangerously close to a heavy storm, endangering any salvage attempt. They enlist the aid of AP-5, but Kanan and Hera are worried that Ezra puts too much trust in Hondo. The group manages to board the ship and find the cargo they are looking for. As they load the cargo onto the Ghost, they are attacked by Imperial Sentry droids. Both the Rebels and Hondo's crew manage to narrowly escape by plunging into the storm. The Rebels save most of the proton bombs, but Hondo is unable to secure his sought-after treasure, which leaves Ezra under the probably rightful impression that Hondo cares nothing for his own crew or partners. So that is the uh, the quick recap of what happened, and I'm going to lay out a quick theme to chat about for this episode before we move forward. So usually, this is the time when I will uh, give kind of like a almost literary take on the episode like yeah this is what's going on with the theme and kind of how it ties into the larger arc honestly i came up with three or four themes <laughs> that i will not be applying to this episode because this i really struggle with this i don't want to validate this episode within the arc of the show <laughs> wow <laughs> i i kept going okay i have these i have these themes and listen it's a kid's show and this episode for me just didn't thematically sit anywhere it's such a standalone episode and yeah you could say like oh well they use proton bombs later to do this and this and mm -hmm. this 
but that is it doesn't hold any weight for me <laughs> and so i had all these themes and i'm i'm really sorry i hope this isn't negative cuz i still love this show regardless <laughs> i just it it didn't have a strong enough theme throughout the episode for me to feel good about giving it one so you guys I'll let me open up the floor that way. I'm so sorry. This the isn't theme of the episode this, is chaos. We're off the rails. This isn't meant to be. This this truly isn't meant to be negative. I hope I'm not spinning it that way. No, it's okay. I mean, I think we don't need to force it just to force it. Um, I feel similarly about this episode. Um, yeah. The, we've talked about how it gets the seasons get in this little rut of it's like really exciting up front and then really exciting with the mid break and then kind of it loops like that. Um, but this one's been a real big drag for me. The, yeah. the, the, the last couple, honestly. last couple in a row is just really, I didn't, I didn't remember that about season three. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling for you guys. I didn't have to talk about, um, iron squadron. So <laughs> yeah. thank you for that. And I apologize. I'm, I'm sorry for you, but you got mm-hmm. this one, you know, I don't hate the, the Iron Squadron. Is I could never watch it again, and that would be better for me. I don't mind this one. There's little. It's not important in the overall arc of the story. Yeah. There's little. It's a little important for Ezra's development, I think. And then there are enough little things in here that make me giggle. That <laughs> it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I will say. I mean. We could just jump right into the general discussion then. Um, it is nice to have Hondo back. Both of you and I have discussed this, that I think we were maybe a little, he was a little eye-rolly at first, but he's really grown on both of us. Now, you see, he, he grew up until this point. This, <laughs> no. I, I know, I do, again, not, not trying to be negative, like just trying to be mm-hmm. critical. This was a regression for both him and Ezra for me, where... Ezra's character had been developing very steadily up until this point mm-hmm. that this episode feels very confusing in the mature, like the, his arc as a character. This one is such a big regression. It's hard for me to believe. And maybe that's where I'm struggling is, uh, Ezra is past this point and we've seen him gone, go past this point, even with Hondo. Mm-hmm. So for him to regress for no real reason, leaves me like a little confused from a writing perspective. Like it feels like they had to somehow make this work. So they kind of, it it just feels a little sloppy and Hondo. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for any character for me. (laughs) I don't know. I'm really struggling with it. Yeah. It's almost now that you mentioned that it's almost like it could have been a season two story that they didn't need totally. to use. And so totally. they just recycled mm-hmm. it and put in some new details. Oh, I'm so curious about that. That is such a good point. It fits perfectly in season two. Yeah. yeah with like pain in the butt as being just a whiny <laughs> little baby pill and yeah. sniping yeah. at Zeb. And yeah. So maybe you just cut to very tersely and a little more well put you just cut to my exact problem it feels out of place mm-hmm. oh i thought you meant whiny little baby ezra that was the stinging analysis <laughs> yeah um like iron squadron and i just look back at my notes to confirm this i actually rated iron squadron a tiny bit higher than this episode and we'll get to that at the end because 
Ezra had a regression, but I could at least see the reason for it. Like he was really an very Iron squadron. I don't. I I feel like if anything, Ezra was really much. I do. I I similarly will never watch that episode again. But Ezra is much more mature in that episode just because he is comparatively like placed next to characters who represent who he used to be. Mm. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I meant. I, I, I guess I misspoke. It's the annoying kids that a lot of people had an issue with didn't yeah. bug me because of the comparison to Ezra. Oh, okay. So it's a weird one to punch for Ezra to kind of go back to like, it's like he's like Mart's run, rubbing off on him or something like that. Mort. 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 <laughs> Mark. Mark. The name is Mark. And no, I'm not Mark. And yes, I eat pork because it's tasty on my fork. I don't know. Whatever his name is. <laughs> I think it's, I would just call him Mark. And I'm Mark. Yeah. You hate it. <laughs> um. So he's just, I think... It's almost like he caught whatever Mort had and then like regressed into like more of a childish, annoying. Well, so, phase. Okay. The, I was going to sound so mature here. So let's unpack that. Yeah. Um, wh- why? I think it's cooties. That's what he caught. <laughs> why is, so like, that's maybe a good question. Why is Ezra, what's in it for him, for him to trust Hondo? And why is he out, pretty out of the blue? Like no lead up, mm-hmm. no rationale. Why is he pushing so hard to trust Hondo? Because here's okay. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a terrible interviewer. <laughs> I ask the question and then I answer it. I, <laughs> this is why I don't have my own show. Um, to um, because something I was struggling with is there was that episode, oh, maybe at the beginning of season three or the end of season two. I don't remember where Hondo does show really empathetic qualities where like. Ezra wants to remember yeah. kill, kill those Ugnots, and Ezra and Hondo's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Why would you do that? Like these could be allies. Like these could be our friends. Like let's take this. Like, like I mean, yeah, it was it was self serving, but it was also like very human. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I get it. I don't really know. I don't think there is an answer to be honest. I think they probably just need to fill time in the schedule, and they were like, well, let's get these people together. People like them. Um, and so they built a story around that. I think there are people we have complicated relationships with. And if mm-hmm. you like, they're the kind of people where if you introduce them to your other friends, they're like, why are you friends with this person? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about them that you are <laughs> magnetically drawn to. Yeah. That's but also, true. I just want to, I would, I would totally enjoy like a mini audio episode of just the transmissions like the hollow net transmissions between Ezra and Hondo like how do they oh. stay in touch do you think like like do they text all the time yeah mm-hmm. I feel like I want to think it's like some mm-hmm. mystical like pirate coin or something like that but it's probably just like, <laughs> like Dumbledore's army yeah Okay. But it's like probably Not just like space Snapchat and like Honda like he uses like <laughs> oh. really bad AR like things to change his face to be a baby. <laughs> he's probably really annoying. And he doesn't know he's got the filter, yeah. <laughs> one of the face filters on. <laughs> totally. Um, I mean, pivoting a little bit, I I didn't mind Hondo in this. I think it, at worst he was like a neutral force in this episode. I do not understand what As Morgan is doing, and I don't understand like yeah, he's even weirder. You're right, he's even yeah. weirder in this episode. But Why is he so in this episode? So unlikable. And they 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 talk about it in Rebels Recon a little bit, 
that you know you don't they don't want you to like as morgan well good job no one does <laughs> mission accomplished <laughs> yeah uh, I feel like it would have the the only effective thing he could would have done. And I'm brutal. Unlike Jonah Marie, who hates when any character ever dies. I feel like he could have been like someone that Hondo sacrificed to really put that, you know, message nail at home for Ezra that like, oh, he doesn't care about these people. He calls his friends. So well, and then also like then yeah. we wouldn't have to see him anymore. Um, but he's also like. At first, I was thinking, okay, he's in this episode to maybe, like, give us some, like, someone to compare Hondo to. Like, oh, he's better or worse than this yeah. person. But they're kind of the same. Yeah. And so I don't really understand the need. I don't understand the need for him in this episode. Other than to create trouble. Yeah. Because he do he's dumber than Hondo. And... So he does <laughs> dumb things that get and them in fatter. trouble. Well, it's that's funny because he's fat. Mm. <laughs> um, well, the other thing he accomplishes is some really insensitive slave slave bits. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. I don't care what you have to offer. I'm not allowing that on my ship. Oh, I remember now. The feisty one. She hit me with a tray. Hera, take it easy. Easy. This sack of bantha fodder tried to buy me from that Slimo Calrissian and make me his servant. I paid a fair price. Technically, I still own you. <laughs> oh, oh, Star Wars and your slave bits. <laughs> yeah, that he owns Hera. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is the thing know. that in 10 years we're going to look back at and be like, uh, I don't know that we will. I don't know. Maybe. It's, it's uh, I mean, because Anakin... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's different. For some reason, it registered differently for me than it was like, okay, we know we have it in the universe. There's like allusions to it. We see Wookiees and handcuffs every once in a while. But it's like just the straight up like, well, technically, I still own you. I paid well. <laughs> yeah, I paid well for you as a human being. I'm which like, should be, which you should be happy about, except for I didn't pay you. Yeah, it's uh, it very odd. I mean, he's. I mean, he's got a point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mike, the pro slaver, <laughs> always bringing up your pro slave. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. A recurring theme on this podcast. Do you know what's Mike. weird? Is some someone in the world has that viewpoint, though. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I. Yeah. Uh... All right. No, I, I guess da, the point da, I was making da, is da, da, da. no, 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 no. The point I was making is isn't that weird? Like who has like that's it yeah. seems it seems like we're so far past that, but we're not so far past that mm -hmm. in the world. And maybe that's what's troubling about it is it's like there are more slaves in 2019 than there's ever been in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why it doesn't work. <laughs> it's because it's like this is mm -hmm. still an issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can't. Oh, um, what? what? There's nothing. It's, it's a, He's like, you don't own me either. <laughs> pile of goodwill clothes. All right. Um, I think someone was going to make some more slaving points. <laughs> no, we can move on from that. Is sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I think you. I think you turned it around to actually make a point that I. Yeah, we was got there. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of off-color jokes. Yeah. I uh, I do enjoy 
the first uh, blind joke that mm-hmm. the Hondo makes. Now, now, don't be blind to this amazing business opportunity. Oh, sorry, sorry. Actually, I'm interested in what you have to offer. Well, wise one. I knew that you would see things my way. Oh, sorry again. Yeah. And Kanan's facial expression when he <laughs> <laughs> is just shake of the head because he totally expects it. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that would have point that would have stood out a little more. We pointed it out the last time there was an insensitive blind joke about just in comparison between the two. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. that fell off my radar a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, there were some bits that it that made me laugh. I mean, Hondo does make is good for a chuckle or two. Um so I will give him that in this episode. Um I wanted to bring up Winkathu itself, according sure. to the records in the Jedi archives, Winkathu was a gas giant with a turbulent atmospheric storm located near Ord Mantel. It's a gas giant, but Wikipedia says it's breathable air. Okay. Okay. I don't think that makes sense. <laughs> well, air is a gas, right? <laughs> I guess. Breathable but- by who? <laughs> I also just like, because in my gas giants, like there's no solid, like if you just, if you went onto Saturn, you would just like fall through the planet. Um, I don't mm. know. That might not be true. I'm not very good at science, but I like the idea that there's a breathable planet that no one can live on. It's almost <laughs> like it's taunting people. But one note about it is that this episode and the planet was originally going to be called Commodia and it was the Commodia job. Because the spiral flush of the planet's gas inspired a toilet joke or two. Mm, I like it. Yeah, that was my uh, <laughs> that was my favorite bit of research that popped up. Yep. So this is the toilet planet. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. I'll allow it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the bits I liked, I think Ezra had a couple zingers in this one, actually, so... Or he was the butt of a couple of them. So I like the, come on, when have I asked you to trust me and it hasn't worked out? It means like like half the time. That was oh, the yeah. first one that made me chuckle a little bit. I'm always here for a Sabine zing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like their relationship's been a little fun too. Because it's like, I, I, I keep going back to the episode um, recaps from the time. And basically everyone just was shipping them 24-7. Of just like, oh, they're gonna get together. I can't wait till they get together. I can't wait until and so I'm glad that didn't actually happen. But I don't I, like shipping in general. Yeah. Well, I just I don't know. I think it's I just think it's funny. Yeah. I don't hate it. If people want to do it, people can do it. Yeah. Some people yeah. get very offended by it though. Yeah, I I might be one of those people. <laughs> I'm like, they're independent people. They don't need a, they don't need another person. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, in this episode though, I would ship as Morgan okay. uh-huh. and Hera. All right. I think they're like slavery tete-a-tete. It's really just like a flirty tango. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'm not even going to comment on that because I don't want to get myself in trouble again. <laughs> I'll just let you do it. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Hera, there was a thematic point that I did actually like. Um, I think, you know, we see that she has, she has a reluctance to trust Hondo. And as Morgan, obviously, but she's also reluctant to let Ezra lead the mission because she sees like his affinity for Hondo. And I think, I think it's interesting. 
It is a smart move, um, but it's a move that like a protective mother would do. And I think the way that Kanan reacted was really interesting, actually, because he seems to think like Ezra needs to learn his own lessons. And that's interesting comparing him to the last couple seasons before his blindness. He was not that Zen. Like he was very kind of overprotective as well. Like, oh my gosh, Ezra's not going to get in trouble. He's going to do, I got to do this for him. I got to do this for him. And like Hera was the one who was kind of chilling, letting him, telling him to like calm down. Maybe it's like an out of sight, out of mind thing. (laughs) There you go. Good one. Good one. Thanks. I mean, I think it's okay because Kanan makes his own blindness zing. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a good one, too. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think, yeah, it's a combination of the blindness and maybe him meeting the meeting Bendu. the Bendu. Yeah. I think it's good character development because you can actually see, like, his teaching style and the way he interacts with people is is changing after that encounter, which I think is interesting. Mm. This is okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna steer the ship a different direction. Okay. I don't know if anyone picked the, up on this, or <laughs> maybe I'm imagining something. Did Zeb sound very odd in this episode to anyone? Like almost like a different voice actor. <laughs> Did, I, I know didn't that. Notice I anything. think that may just be you. <laughs> it it was bugging me. I was like, God, that sounds. Or maybe like he had a cold that day because <laughs> something about the way he spoke this whole episode. <laughs> Did not sound like Zeb to me. Okay, Chopper, you good to go? Hold on. It's about to get windy. Okay, okay I'll plop okay. I'll plop some audio in here. Don't know. I don't know why. Tweet at us if you think if you think Zeb sounds better or different. <laughs> nah, that's gonna get hot or not. Responses. Does he sound better or worse? <laughs> hot. <laughs> um, I didn't notice that. Okay, it could just be me. Great, I was just seeing if anyone could validate that, but you guess not. Um, I did. There's another arc that we we touched on this a little bit about how Ezra has um regressed a little bit in his arc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did they just give up on the dark Ezra stuff? Yeah, like, it's it was done. like two episodes, and then well, it steps into darkness is the last time you see it. Yeah, it was very, very odd. They didn't, it was a really good episode that it was just too short for that turn to be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's like as short as Luke's potential dark side is. It's yeah. quick. Right, yeah. I don't point. know. Yeah, so it's 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 fast. And I don't think it, I don't think anyone is going to buy it either. Mm-hmm. So... I guess I, I think it's smart to keep it short. I think if they made it too much of a thing, because it was it's subtle. It's so subtle you could miss it. Yeah. Um, so I think they did well by introducing it in the background and then kind of being done with it within a it's a short arc of a you know, of a potential turn. Yeah. I think it's smart. I mean, we've discussed this that I'm not I'm not rewatching it since it originally aired for the episode for this uh season, so I'm wondering, I'm sure it pops up once Maul returns again, but it just seems very weird because it's like an on-off switch. Like it was like so dominating in his arc for two episodes and then it's just like, yeah, well, never mind, met the Bendo, Bendu, bye-bye. <laughs> I think this is me playing devil's advocate to the writers. Mm-hmm. It seems like Ezra is very um, easily influenced by Hondo, by yeah. Kanan, by Maul. He kind of adopts, like he has this chameleon personality. He can really easily take on the traits of others. Maybe that's like a, like if I'm being, if I'm going to like psychologically 
dive into that. It's like this defensive thing of like growing up on his own and having mm-hmm. to be very adaptable and like survive any way he can survive. It feels like almost like one of those like defense mechanisms. I don't know if the writers were thinking about it like that, <laughs> but that would be if I, if I had to, uh, if I had to tap into it, that would be the thing I would say. Fair, fair. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about this heist, which I thought actually the setup to this is really, really good in theory. If this was a movie, like a sci-fi movie where it was just like space heist on a limited time before you get sucked into a moon or a solar storm or something like that, I would be so into this. But as we mentioned, this kind of fell on its face for me. Um, But they are looking for proton bombs, which we've heard them talk about before. This is the first time they're actually able to get their hands on some because they went to that base with all the droids to kind of get some, but then they had to use those to escape instead of grab them. These are the same proton bombs we saw the Thai bombers in Empire Strikes Back blowing up the asteroids with they kind of look like um weird like fuzzballs light up fuzzball things i always thought they looked really weird to me um and they are also the same bombs in the last jedi so we see those they look a little different in that movie um but that is what they're trying to get and i like that because the fact that they need to steal the weapons i think is another reminder of kind of how ragtag this group is they don't have money to buy weapons they probably don't even have access or supplies so if they're going to fight the empire, they have to basically steal what they're going to use to kill the empire with from the empire. Um, and it makes a little conflict as we see in some of the EU sources, you know, this is one of the reasons why some people don't trust them. They're just like thieves and pirates and they're going around co- committing all these crimes. They're not really freedom fighters. And so I think that's a little bit of an interesting touch. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I like the bo- I like that the bombs always uh have lights on. <laughs> I think the I think they're pretty. <laughs> Very cool. Um I do like in the last Jedi, I don't know if you saw this touch that the the resistance pilots draw like draw pictures on the bombs before sending them away. It feels very like World War Two. Yeah. Like it'll be like in Arabesh, they'll write like Sayonara sucker or something like that on one of them and then like shoot it off to kill some people. Oh, that's uh, that's sad. <laughs> yep. War um, is sad. Yeah. Um, but it brings me to the ship. I just I don't know if this link will work, but I just put a link into our chat. Okay. On the internet, okay. you can open that up. This okay. is some of the art that is on this ship. Um, some of the treasure and things I did- like that. It was funny when like you see the treasure and they're like zooming out to like all what the treasure was. I kind of, I thought it was funny because it's like so many of them were just crates. Like, oh, look at these crates. (laughs) And you're like, I don't, those are just crates. I'm not awed by this. Yeah. It's like space rubies. Um, But do you notice in this picture, do you notice any familiar pieces of treasure? Um, I mean, no. I do. I do. (laughs) Oh, I mean, a lot of it looks like ancient Greek treasure, uh-huh. which me- must mean it's Twi'lek. Uh, yes, but there's good the one. Twi'lek Ark of the Covenant down there at the bottom. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the one at the bottom in this piece, if you look at, um, if you just search Twi'lek Ark, um, you can see this on Wikipedia and things like that. But How this do you is guys on the know ship. that? I've, I would have never. 
So mm-hmm. it's the Ark of the Covenant from the Ark of the Covenant featuring Indiana Jones, comma, the Lost Ark. Also, um, it was in Clone Wars. Yeah. So this is a recurring mm. uh, homage to Indiana Jones. This is actually the same arc that appeared in Clone Wars. So you're right. Um, canonically, this is an Easter egg. Jonah Marie, when she was guest hosting, actually mentioned this in our episode, um, Harris Heroes. And it pops up again in here. So it first appeared in the Ryloth arc, which is a pun. I like that. Of Clone Wars, um, where Watt Tambor of the Confederacy took control of Ryloth and the Separatists looted the planet of its treasures. And you can Mm. see people loading the Ark of the Covenant into one of his ships. Okay. Um, So the ship takes off or something like that. I don't remember what happens in the Ark. And it gets, I think, lost in space. And evidently... Canonically, it is recovered by Sheev Palpatine, and that is why it's on the ship, because he's like transporting huh. some of his treasure from somewhere to somewhere. And then this ship is destroyed by the Spectres, and somehow it mysteriously survives and is later seen in Maz Kanata's castle. Wow. Yeah. That, so that Maz is... just has pickups everywhere. <laughs> I know, seriously. I don't know how she gets all this weird floating space junk. <laughs> Like the lightsaber. lightsabers yeah. that just felt, oh, this is also a gas giant. And the lightsaber came from Bespin, which was yeah. a gas giant, right? So maybe yeah. Maz has like some <laughs> sort of special like gas giant retrieval yeah. droid. Maybe she's just just like a shadow corporation where she just owns all these like gas mining. That's how she has all this money and treasures and influence because she's actually like a big crime boss. She's figured out how to find (laughs) everything that has been lost inside of gas giants. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't put two and two together. So this, yeah, you're right. So this is the Ark of the Covenant. The only difference is you can see two Twi'lek people holding hands on top instead of eagles. Um and otherwise, that is what that is from, which I thought was a cool thing. Yeah, that is yeah, that is cool. Yeah. But Liz mentioned Cloud City. I actually have something tying into that because I want to talk about Ugnaughts. Do either of you have Ugnaught thoughts? Um, Ug? <laughs> Not. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't know I had a podcast with Jonathan Van Ness with that level of sass. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, Liz, what are your what are your Ugnaught feelings just generally? We haven't really spoke talked about them too much. Uh, you know, I feel like in the animated series, I <laughs> feel pretty bad for them and they're kind of cute yeah. and they seem misunderstood. But in The Empire Strikes Back, not a fan. <laughs> I think they're scary and mean. <laughs> See, that's where I want them. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's funny. That's, I kind of like them better. In that. Well, you know, they're probably better characters then. But. Yeah. That's how and where I want them. And then yeah. this kind of turn them into uh, the goofballs thing. Yeah. I just don't, like that you don't hear them talk because what this voice yeah, choice that they have for Ugnaughts is very confusing to me. It's in Star Wars. The second you make something talk is when it can go really wrong. Gungans <laughs> could have been fine. Yep. Even Watto, like just give him an alien voice and put subtitles, and that would have been mm-hmm. such a good movie. Yeah. Well, canonically speaking, the species of Ugnaught were considered one of the hardest working species in the galaxy. 
Although originating on a planet called Gentes, many Ugnaughts considered Bespin's Cloud City their home. So as we mentioned, they were first introduced in Empire Strikes Back. They live in clans, um, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, There were lots of clans that lived on Gentes at one point, but many were sold into slavery. Big Uh surprise. (laughs) Mm. Um, But the Corellian Lord Ecclesi's Fig decided to build a floating city on Bespin, so he hired three Ugnaught clans to help build it due to their reputation as industrious and loyal workers. In exchange for their service, they were given several of the lower levels of the city, and then they built their own floating home there, and he offered them a chance to live on the city and share from the profits of the mining. So at least he wasn't a slaver. Yeah, Yeah. just he just had indentured servants. (laughs) Yeah. So how many Ugnaughts do you think were killed in the initial operation? Because Hondo said that he brought a crew along with Melch of Ugnaughts. Oh, yeah. So we have to assume they were killed off screen and that it was over two. I'm just just throwing it out there. I didn't think about that. You're right. Because they do not examine if they didn't weren't killed before they are gone they're now. Dead now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that they didn't die in the initial assault. They okay. just couldn't find them. And Hondo was like, Yeah, uh, I only had one of them and like <laughs> just left the other ones to die. Maybe they found a life pod, an escape pod that hadn't been jettisoned. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they survived in the arc. When Maz opens up the Ark after she recovers it, there's just like two Ugnaughts cuddling in there. Oh, they're like, okay, so like the move that Mel- Melch was in there too. Yeah, it's like a survival mechanism. Yeah, okay. but when they hear that Hondo's back with other people, he's the one that's like, all right, I'm going to go yep. kick him for making us wait so long. You guys yep. hang out in your treasure boxes still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just all of the treasure we're all Ugnaughts. It was all There was um, nothing valuable in that's any why, of those boxes. That's how, why it was so easy for Melts to get in that box at the end, because yeah. it was already empty. I like this. Um, but one more point about the community, because I just thought this was interesting, is Cloud City's not the only floating colony. The, one, the Ugnaughts built their own called the Ugnaught Surface. And so it was an Ugnaught community comprised of terraformed floating planets that orbited the planet Bespin. So they have their own little cloud cities, which I think is cute. Good for them. Yeah. And then according to the canon book, according to Star Wars, absolutely everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Ugnaughts prefer the color red, which helps stir an increased level of productivity in them. Sure. Why not? They, they like the... Okay. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm just thinking like bullfighter. Like, they just have a guy in funny pants with like a red sheet. And he's like... <laughs> Ah, and they're like, I must work harder. And then they like hammer a little faster because he's waving red. Do you know what would be interesting? Well, I was about to say, do you know what would be interesting? But I can't, I can't, um, I can't back that up. <laughs> I wonder how many episodes of Rebels are kind of like employing this caper theme. You know what I mean? Like the crimp, like, you know, a heist, the heist yeah. plan, like the, the classic caper story, like. How because it seems like a lot, um, or at least one a season, which is maybe too much. Mm. Um, where either it's get someone out, get some equipment, get a sh- get these ships, get this thing like that is such a leaned on trope. Mm. And this one, like, 
leans so far into it because I feel like it is such a classic thing to call the blank job, like whatever, fill in yeah. that, fill in that thing. Yeah. There are yeah. a lot of those. And I also feel like, am I wrong? But I feel like this yes. arc we talked about, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> this arc we talked about in the beginning where Ezra blindly trusts Hondo. We've done this before, yes. right? Yes, absolutely. This is, yeah, we have done it before. Okay. That's why it's so confusing. Mm. Um, Very odd. I think this, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. This episode would have been more successful to me had you taken out Hondo and as Morgan and just made it a, like, we have to rescue these proton. We, we found have to get out these they bomb- were there. The yeah. ship's going down. We really need them. And then the Empire shows up. Oh my gosh, we have to fight <laughs> off the Empire while we're getting these. Maybe one person gets left behind. We have to go back from crazy yeah. thing. It's like Hondo and As Morgan don't add anything. I wonder if they have a quota to fill. Like, okay, we need to put in, okay, where's our real goofy episode? Like, we have to please a certain audience. Yeah, Uh, well, and this one doesn't have, like, any imperial mm -mm. presence at all, except for the the droids. Yeah, yeah. reactivated Mm -hmm. droids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Thrawn should have been in every episode of season three. (laughs) Yeah. God, maybe it would have been bad to put him in this one, though, to, like, Again, this sounds negative, but like it would have really validated the episode as like mm. cr- critical to the arc. And so I think by leaving those serious characters out, it's almost like they're relenting to uh, this is silly. It's like a bottle episode where they yeah. had to. So this is where all the voice actors that we. So this is where like Caden and Hera and Thrawn and Callus, they're all recording a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's actually probably a good point i mean i'm sure there's a necessity to some of these other than just being filler they need to figure out the schedule so i do know a lot of these actors they like to record them all at the same time so that was one of the challenges for the show so you know i'm i think wait, wait, there what is do you, a what do you mean so like a lot of shows they'll just like the simpsons just harry Shearer will just show up for like a couple hours and just do all of his episodes and or do all of his voice work in a booth by himself this one, like if Ezra, if it's an episode with Ezra and Kanan, like they'll have uh, Taylor, whatever his name is, and Freddie Prince Jr. in the booth together, like looking at each other while they record their dialogue because Dave Filoni likes that they, them the natural way they bounce off each other in the room. Um, he thinks it's more organic. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I think maybe, maybe there's a necessity where just like Liz was saying, like, you know, all right, we can only do like five minutes for Hera and Kanan and on this episode. So quick, knock those out and then go over to the other booth and start working on the next episode. Um, okay. So there is some behind the scenes stuff they All need right. to consider with this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just a, just a theory, but yeah. it was mentioned. Um, I would oh, like, believe to- me. I know it's just a theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, your dad's ass is really coming in. Thanks. <laughs> I went to a Weird Al concert on uh, on <laughs> Friday. There are, I have seen like no one more sassy than like a 47 year old dad who is like impatiently waiting to get into a Weird Al concert. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that seems like a brand. Yeah. Yeah. I straight up saw like a dude in a Margaritaville shirt yell at a cop. <laughs> like, <laughs> hmm. Who's allowed to do that? I don't know. That's but... who. 
Yeah, exactly. It's very odd. When you're white and a dad, you just feel like the world is yours, man. Seriously, like, come on! Why are you letting us cross the street? You're not doing your job! (laughs) We're gonna go see Weird Al. (laughs) Chill, bro. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. It's been bugging me all weekend. (laughs) Um, But I want to talk about these Imperial Sentry droids. We mentioned them. Um, How do y'all feel about these droids, generally? Meh. I mean, how many different types of droids does the Empire need? I like how many different. I I feel like if you're going to excessive. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to employ a bunch of droids, it would be more cost effective to have them share similar body styles. Like they could have different (laughs) appendages or whatever, but like their core body should be the same so that you can reduce production costs and just make more of them. They actually did the opposite. So these droids are completely different bodies, but they reuse the arms. Those are repurposed E-11 blasters. So the Stormtrooper blasters. Right. put those on the arms. So they are taking the opposite. (laughs) It's government bureaucracy, just wasting money, productivity. You know what? I am a small galactic empire guy. Now it feels real. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do. I do think that's an actually really good point because... That was a feature that they bragged about in the Rebels Recon. This was supposed to originally be Imperial probe droids, but they were like, we've already seen that. That's boring. So we wanted to make these new droids. It just, mm-hmm. it's, so, and so they based them on droids from a video game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, they just pulled them from the video game. It's not. Yeah. And that's almost more boring is that you're referencing a deep cut. Like, it's, they're just... Rebels, I, I get it. Like their thing is bring back old things, yeah. but it's there. It's it's getting excessive to the point where they're bringing back old things for old things' sake. It's like you don't need. I don't know. I don't know. It but doesn't. the but Hera using the word Slimo for As Morgan, that's mm-hmm. bring back an old thing that I like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this one. So what you're referring to is it's not even based on a droid from a video game. It's based on dark troopers, which were like these dark stormtroopers um, that sh- first showed up on the Legends video game Star Wars Dark Forces. And so they use that to inspire the design of these droids. So it's like that one. It's cool. I do like when they bring things out of Legends, but you're right, Mike, that it's like very. But yeah. And the, the question is, did anyone and like this is. I'll be impressed if you guys actually did. But did any one of us know this was from the video games until we looked it up? <laughs> oh, no. Like, right? We just know yeah. it because we research. But there's yeah. no way I would have picked that up. Yeah, who was that for? <laughs> for Pablo Hidalgo. I played that game <laughs> as a kid. I don't. I did not retain that, though. Yeah. I thought they were originally inspired by Battlestar Galactica. They look very yeah. much yeah. like the yeah. Mark mm-hmm. One. So much. They are yeah. very Battlestar Galactica. Well, we, yeah, we don't know that the video game wasn't inspired by that. So, I mean, like, that oh, seems maybe. like that seems like a low-hanging fruit that, like, it was in someone's subconscious and they created that. Because... <laughs> yep. Um, and then my last note was another great um, Ezra getting burned moment, a la Chopper, is when the ship's going down and droid and chopper's just like burr, 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 and then takes you know off what? and he's like yeah. what do you mean every man for yourself you're a droid that's what could have made this episode better <laughs> chopper yeah. is is good chopper is good enough humor and like we like him and he is funnier than both as morgan and hondo <laughs> that's true if we want the goofiness just leave it to chopper he does it better yeah i forgot he was even there yeah, yeah totally or it should have been C-3PO. 
Okay, let's move on. <laughs> it's how we like to end every episode. <laughs> so there's there's one thing that as Morgan does make me smile at least a little bit about yeah. in this episode is when they're trying to wait to or trying to uh, get the uh, droid to pass by yeah. the hallway they're hiding in. And you could see him staring at the blaster in Ezra's holster and he's spazzing out. But then before he <laughs> ruins everything, he just is like, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that was like that was so cringy to me too. Like <laughs> I how it. proud he was of himself. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna ruin everything. Yeah, it's just like you just see it from a mile away. You're just like, gosh, dang it. Um, and then I also the last point I had was I saw that someone had a theory that Melt was Snoke. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> they were saying the reason he was he was a hologram in the first movie is because it was hiding his diminutive. Ugnaughty stature. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was fun too. Oh, also there is a Melcha Easter egg that uh, I didn't point out that the the symbol on his helmet is Hondo's yeah. pirate symbol mm-hmm. from the Clone Wars. So mm-hmm. that shows he has officially joined his crew. Yeah, it's also on his new shuttle, yeah. shippy shuttle thing. Yeah, which I think is fun. We didn't we didn't talk about that. Is that was like one of those old school Imperial shuttles that we see in. Uh, original movies and so that implies that hondo has commandeered an official government shuttle which i think is fun i also like that he's carrying uh like cargo crates on top of it on the outside <laughs> he's like turned it into a freighter yeah, totally So how we like to end each episode is by doing a little bit of a silly grading scale where we rate our favorite thing and least favorite thing in Star Wars right now and compare this episode to something on that scale. So, Mike, would you like to demonstrate how this works? Sure. So on a scale of uh, my least current thing in Star Wars being the entirety of the 1997 re-releases, um, to my most favorite thing currently being the final battle between Darth Maul and Obi-Wan. Just wonderful, wonderful bit of uh, film TV there. Um, I would rate this episode Anakin slaughtering Gorfuses. <laughs> we may know them as Tuscan Raiders, but mm-hmm. it's a little diminutive of, you know. <laughs> um, why I give them that? I it, call them sand people. Oh, that's just racist. We have diminutive, <laughs> racist, and factual, and you took the low road. Um, I would give it that because it it feels like it, the, it just the overall sentiment of this episode felt like that the whole time. I don't know why we're doing this. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It was, you know what? This is an episode I put down there with droids in distress. Oof. It's at the bottom of the barrel for me. And I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. There's not too many bad ones. Liz, you had to stick this one out with us. There's not too many (laughs) bad ones left. This is one of them. Yeah. That's like a, it's like a D plus for me. It's, it's, I, this is the first time. This is the second time I've ever given a rating below a C. 
Yeah, this was a hard one. So for me, my favorite thing is Ray pulling the lightsaber out of the snow and it flying past Kylo Ren's face. Um, my least favorite thing is everything C-3PO has done at any time other than in the original trilogy. Um, <laughs> so this episode is that Ugnaught that won't sell Chopper a leg in the Forgotten Droid episode. Aww, that's that a jerk. great moment. <laughs> it sucked. He's like, oh, I can give you a leg above the competition. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it was all worth it for that. That was a spot on impression. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm just kind of annoyed with this. So I hope my, we try not to be negative for this one. I hope my grumpiness didn't show through too much, but yeah, I give this one a D, which is a very rare wow. rating for me as well. Um, Liz, how do you feel? So I, I've been thinking about how I was going to, my, what my rating scale was going to be for a few days. And I, have so many favorite things that mine is all thematic so Fair. good I like uh that. it's it's based on clothes so <laughs> my right. my current favorite thing is snoke's gold bathrobe mm. i think it's pretty boss would, yeah it's 10 tight. out of 10 would wear yeah um my 10 out of 10 am wearing right now uh i, did, did, I didn't mention that before <laughs> <laughs> did wear for new year's eve the year before last <laughs> that's tight um my least favorite thing is Padme's perfectly slashed shirt from the <laughs> arena on Geonosis. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sexy all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> but guys like belly buttons. Mm, okay. that, was the, that was the meeting that had to be had in that <laughs> writing session. Uh, and then, so I I gave this episode uh, a Jin's Vesta and Scarf combo. <laughs> which is like it's like a b minus c plus for me oh all right mm. the vest is fine but i don't like i don't love a scarf so yeah there's that i think i hadn't i haven't watched these in a long time and i was think i was partially <laughs> just happy to be watching rebels again oh that's fun. Oh, that's a good yeah. that's a good way to tie this all up and you yeah. know there's there's little tiny details that make it watchable and the action at the end is pretty good when mm -hmm. Zeb and Ezra are hanging from the <laughs> cable and yeah. you know, there's some, there's some nice moments and there's some episodes I dislike a lot more. So. Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot, but how do you feel about Poe Dameron's new look? Uh, I'm uh, on a black, I've, Blackout. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know what you're talking about. Similar. I also Ooh. do not know what you're talking about. Not watching okay. any of it. It's I, just yeah, just in the trailer. But I won't say anything then because I want your unvarnished Poe Dameron thoughts after you see this movie. Well, and his if it doesn't look like the Poe Dameron body wash bottle I have on the shelf <laughs> above me, I'm out. <laughs> um, probably looks like that. <laughs> I'm assuming it's he's shirtless in that picture uh, on the body wash bottle. Oh no, it's a it's shaped like him. Uh, he's in fair, his orange fair, jumpsuit. Fair. I uh, <laughs> bought it when I was high on medication after I got my wisdom teeth out. I saw it. On, I was at the pharmacy and I saw it on a clearance shelf oh. at the pharmacy, and I was like, I need this. I love that. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> Thank you.
why don't you tell people, Liz, where they can find you on the internet? Well, I can be heard on 96 episodes of Mean Girls Minute, a podcast mm-hmm. where each episode discussed a single minute of the movie Mean Girls and it's a so lot fun. of other random stuff. <laughs> and soon yeah. you will be able to hear me talk about a space epic, not Star Wars, but the 1984 something movie Dune. On Way to Dune Minute. Ooh, Amazing. Cool. That is, that's so cool. I just finished the fourth book. I'm rereading that series. I, so I've only read, so yeah, I've only read the book. I haven't seen the movie. So I will be Ooh, experiencing the movie one minute at a time. I'm so sorry. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. the greatest, I would put it in the top three greatest sci fi books ever written. And it's not that the movie's bad. It's that you're just setting yourself up to fail. How could you do that book justice in a single movie? It, you just can't. In a single movie. You're yeah, right. I it needs don't to be like an can. HBO miniseries. That I would watch. I just <laughs> I, don't understand. I'm Why are we out. trying to do a single movie of it again? Yeah, I, I'm liking the casting so far. Well, sure. Poe Dameron's in it. Uh, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Shirtless, obviously. Probably. But... Wow, I will definitely be listening to that because that is, yeah. Okay, well, I'll, yeah. I've got to ask too, um, last time we spoke, you were thinking about another idea for a podcast that you were going to launch that I see has not come out yet. Nope. What happened with that? And can you please tell the people what that idea was? Because it was brilliant. Was it uh, Potent Potables? Yes. Because I've had a lot of ones that (laughs) that have made it into pre-production and failed. Uh, well, so Potent Potables was going to be a weekly Jeopardy podcast about the classic American television game show Jeopardy. Uh, basically, neither my co-host or I have cable and we lost our way to watch the episodes. Mm, amazing. Bummer. So. Yeah. This would have been a good stretch, too. You had the James whatever and then. The tragic Alex Trebek news. Yeah, that was... Had a lot also, to discuss. Also, we were a little bit sad about Trebek and it. It just... Yeah. I think it soured I not, our... I did, I did not hear about this. I'm guessing if there's news about someone, what it is, but... Oh. Well, it's one of two things, usually. <laughs> and it's it's one of those. He, oh, boy. He wasn't in a mass shooting. Okay, so he was not a friend to the women. Oh nope, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. No, well no. now you have to tell me because now I'm he, guessing. He has a really aggressive and hard to treat form of cancer. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. I thought we were I thought we were referencing that he okay. No. That's what right. I was saying is either death or bad things. Yeah. <laughs> to no. other people. He, uh, yeah, no. He's sorry, no. just anytime it's a white yeah. balance. Yeah, he hasn't like, been me too yeah. yet. No. As far as we know. He's just kind of a dick to contestants and runs yeah. after hookers in a hotel room <laughs> in his mm. underwear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, this has been Rebels, Rebels. <laughs> we are tackling the weirdest issues today. <laughs> <laughs> you can check us out at Rebels, Rebels Pod for all your current events and hard-hitting politics news. Where you can find us at Rebels, Rebels on Inst- Rebels, Rebels Pod on Instagram, 
on Twitter, rebelsrebelspod at gmail.com. No one's could, ever emailed us once. <laughs> a couple of emails. Uh, no, we've not. I don't, yeah, from people we email. I don't even know why we plug that. <laughs> Sorry, just saying. <laughs> yeah, Mike's grumpy this episode. Um, <laughs> should definitely grumpy. send him an e-card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give me a, give me a reason to keep saying it each week because if not we got to we got to shorten that up. I li- I live for hope, Mike. The hope that one day someone will email us. Hmm. Um, is built on hope. Yeah. I'm a rebel. I rebel. <laughs> I don't get it. Now I'm just saying it's not a problem if you don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um Give me those Death Star plans. <laughs> Ira Bell sounds like the name of like an NPR host. I'm Ira Bell. <laughs> and this has been... Wait, that is a podcast host, just not on NPR, I think. I think it's Ira Glass. Ira Bell Glass. Ira Bell Glass. <laughs> Ira Bell, Bell Jar. Well, this, this has been the ending <laughs> of the weirdest episode of Rebels Rebels Pod. Wait, no, that is a person. <laughs> oh, really? I yeah. Bell. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, he's a. Oh, he works for Microsoft. That's oh. probably not who I'm thinking of. The no. chief ne- chief technology <laughs> officer. Why oh, do I know who that is? <laughs> you're a huge soft head. We all knew that. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. <laughs> Can you please end this episode, Mike? <laughs> Sorry. Remember, until next time, <laughs> be brave out there and don't look bad. Don't look bad. Oh, Bye. Look for the chaos. <laughs> <laughs>